This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. It's on its way. There it goes. And the Yankees are going for the win. happening folks what's going on everybody welcome to the show welcome to episode 387 of bd4 where there's no better way to get your yankees and knicks analysis we also do mma now too yanks every series knicks every game mma on weekends welcome to the show if you are new here well welcome i'm your host rj carbone And you are listening to my podcast. And you can find this podcast, BD4, on many different platforms. You can listen to us on the many platforms that are out there. Um, You know, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, Google Podcasts, um, Apple Podcasts. And if you do listen to these episodes on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review because we're currently a five-star podcast and would like to keep it that way. If you enjoy the show, give us a five-star rating and review. And of course, download these episodes too. This way you don't lose them and you can listen to them on the go without using your data. So welcome to the podcast. If you guys also want to follow me on social media, you can find my content page on Facebook r.j.carbone and you can also find my content creator page on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone so oh yeah and uh so one last thing to get out of the way if you do like to read I know a lot of us don't like to read today okay that's alright but if you do if you prefer reading over audio you can read my blogs where I talk about, also talk about the Yankees and the Knicks. If you just go to um, ultimatesportsnetworks.com and then you put into the search bar, once you're there, the Bomber Bocker blog, you'll find me. That's my blog, the Bomber Bocker blog, which you get there by going to ultimatesportsnetworks.com. Once you're there, put into the search bar. The Bomber Bocker blog. And be sure that when you subscribe to the blog, do it using code 6A2841 ERJC. This way, you get a discount 20% off your subscription and 10% off all merch. With that said, 
Thank you for stopping by. Let's talk Yankees, man, because they took two out of three. Um, they punted that third game, obviously. I, I never, I'm never going to agree with that. But it's hard to complain too much when you're playing as, as exceptional as the Yankees have been playing. So we're going to talk about it. Let's head to a quick break really briefly. Let's get to our first break. Get back and then we'll discuss this series. All right. Hey guys. So I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way we can help the channel grow and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Alright, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 387 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4. So the Yankees just took two out of three from the Cleveland Indians um, in Cleveland, or the Guardians in Cleveland. I'm never going to... That's always going <laughs> to... It's always going to be the first thing I say. It's just my uh, initial... Um, it's just instinct. Um, and obviously the, the game on... She was a Friday was um postponed to Saturday because of the rain and Saturday was a day night doubleheader which the Yankees ended up sweeping. Uh the first game of the doubleheader they took it 13-4. They erupted in that first game and picked up a nice 13-4 victory. It was Garrett Cole versus McCarthy. I think it was some kid they called up for this game. Bottom of the second. Um, didn't look promising for the Yankees to start, but who really gets nervous nowadays when they fall behind? Um, it's Neller and Reyes. Back-to-back solo home runs off of Cole. 2 nothing Indians. There I go again. 2 nothing Cleveland. Top of the third inning comes. The Yankees answer right back. <laughs> and do they? Um, DJ LeMahieu. A solo home run. Miggy Andujar called up for the doubleheader. He RBI singles. So does Hicks. It's 4-2 to two Yankees after 3. After the top of the third. Uh, McCarthy ends up going 5 innings. So at the top of the 6th off of uh, former Toronto Blue Jays outfielder. Who for some reason I remember him. Anthony Ghost. Um, converted to a pitcher. Um, is pitching in the 6th inning here. 
gives up a bomb to uh, a two-run bomb to Matt Carpenter. And then Glaber singles off of Alexandro Castro, who I think was the third pitcher in relief. And it's 8-2 Yankees just like that. Garrett Cole ends up going six innings. Uh, top of the seventh comes, and the Yankees keep tacking on. Carpenter, an RBI base hit off Castro. Trevino hits into a double play, but one run does come across, and it's 10-2 to two Yankees just like that. Uh, in the bottom of the seventh, you do get Cleveland putting together a couple of uh, ground outs to score some runs by Straw and Quan. 10-4, to four, but of course the Yankees just keep going top of the eighth. Glaber Torres, fielder's choice RBI off Castro makes it 11-4. And then in the top of the ninth, again, Carpenter and Trevino contributing. This time they both go deep off a position player. I think it was Clement in the game at the time. So padding some stats there, making it 13-4, which was the final score. The Yankees erupt uh, for 13 runs on 14 hits. Five of them were extra base hits. Seven walks were drawn in this game from the Yankee bats. Five strikeouts only. That was encouraging to see. Um, Four for eight with runners in scoring position. Six left on base as a team. Uh, One stolen base and... Three double plays hit into. This was a good game. <clears throat> Excuse me. Glaber Torres and Matt Carpenter each getting um, picking up three hit games. Carpenter led with four RBIs. Glaber Torres had three. Big day for him and Carpenter at the plate. DJ and Hicks were the other two Yankees with multi-hit games. They had two hits apiece. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. DJ LeMayu had two walks in a home run. Uh, Aaron Hicks had two walks and two RBIs. And then you had Judge, Miggy, Trevino, and Marwin, the other Yankees, to pick up one hit. It was Judge um, who got on base three times, had a couple of walks in there. Miggy had an RBI. Trevino had an RBI. Um, Stanton, the lone 0 for 5 Yankee, left seven men on base. He hit into seven outs. Almost eight outs. A um, couple double plays. Could have been three. But yeah, this was just a strong, strong offensive performance from the Yankees. Just continuing to display their ability to get hot with a snap. I mean, they scored ten unanswered runs in this one. They were down two zip. And just like that, alright, let's, let's put up ten runs in a few innings. Like, let's just... It was from... It was 2 nothing after the first two innings, right? And then from the third inning all the way up to, like, just the seventh. So that was just, just their ability to score in bunches um, is, is impressive when they're on, right? And there's also the part that's impressive is, is their ability to do nothing in bunches as well when they're not on. And we saw that today, and we see that uh, from time to time. Um, a little too much. But yeah, scoring 10 unanswered runs, going for 13 overall, and it was just a good, solid offensive showing. Um, but the pitching side of things was good too, right? And Garrett Cole, who was our um, featured starting pitcher of the series. I'm sorry, no, he wasn't. It was Nestor Cortez. Um, sorry, I, got, I, I went a little too ahead on my notes there. Uh, we're going to get to Nestor, obviously, in, in the second game of the nightcap. But, um, Garrett Cole, who was... He was good, though. 
Cole went for six innings, uh, three hits, two home runs, two uh, runs, just the two solo shots, three walks, six strikeouts, 107 pitches thrown, and the win. Yeah, it was a good, not great outing for Garrett, right? I think that's probably the best way you could describe um, his performance. Good, not great. Um, you know, I, I, the home runs are are just interesting to me. They're starting to, I guess, since he's become a Yankee, they've always been a lot. I don't know what his home run numbers were in Houston, but he's obviously not the same pitcher he was in Houston. He's still a very good pitcher. He's still a very, yeah, you know, one of the better pitchers in the game. But the home runs are are a little concerning. Um, just because in the playoffs, you don't want that happening. And Garrett Cole has given up quite a few this year. You know, he's had a game where he allowed five home runs. He allows two in a good day today, uh, the other day. So it's, it's, I don't know, maybe it stops, it slows down a little as he continues to kind of abandon the cutter. Um, the first one he threw today was to the, uh, I think the first cutter he threw was the first home run that was allowed. And then he kind of scrapped it after that. Went back to his usual two-pitch combo, fastball, slider. But, yeah, he, he, oh, he's he been good. He was good. He, he had, I mean, I feel like I haven't mentioned it enough that he's been very good this season. Because I am tough on him, understandably so, when, when you make $300 million. Um, but he's having a good year. Gary Cole's having a good year. Through 16 starts, he is 7-2 and two, uh, with a 2.99 ERA. His last seven starts um, in terms of runs allowed. I'll read it off right here. One, zero, seven, zero, one, one, two. So he's being very efficient. Very efficient. There was just that clunker in there. That's obviously going to pad a lot of, of the ERA, but you pick it apart. He said a lot of good starts this season. 11. Now, 11 of his 16 starts have been quality starts. I, I do wish a few of those strong outings were more dominant, but I don't want to get too nitpicky. I think Eric Gold's been good. Um, and, and so we continue to be good on um, Saturday afternoon. And then the bullpen. Pitched the remaining three-plus innings. Uh, two hits allowed, four walks, two runs. Uh, it was really Chapman. Boy... Um, <laughs> oh shit, Chapman. I don't know, man. I, you know, I, I, Chapman comes in for the seventh. Um, you know, his first appearance back from, from the disabled list and he comes in, he walks three, he comes out. I, I think that's the best way I can describe it. I mean, it was, it's, it writes itself. It writes itself at this point with the role of Chapman. Watching him on Saturday afternoon was the most uncompetitive appearance from a pitcher, maybe of all time. Like, like it was so bad. Zero fastball command. Everything was off the plate. He only had the slider, but the slider isn't that great when his fastball command is not there because they could just sit on it. And it's it, it just, I'm, I'm just, I'm fed up with it. I'm done with the guy. He should not ever pitch. Ever. He should not ever pitch where Clay Holmes is going to pitch. So I don't want to see Chapman closing. I don't want to hear about Chapman closing. I don't want to hear about this closer by committee shit from Boone. If I ever see Chapman 
sniff a batter in the ninth inning of a ball game, whether it's a one-run lead or a ten-run lead, I am going to vomit on the spot. And he also shouldn't really be taking innings away from anybody else in the bullpen. I don't like so that leaves him off the team. I don't want him here. Get him out, find him a new home, and we're good. It's over for him. He had some good years as a Yankee, some really good ones. But he's at its he's at his end. It's over for him, man. I don't see a spot where Chapman's a really big impact pitcher anymore. Sorry, the whole league throws 97 now. Marnaccio got the 7th after Chapman left, um, and he actually got it done. Pitched a 1-2-3 from there and lowered his ERA to 2.33 on the year. He's been so spectacular. Unfortunately, he was sent to the DL after this game with arm fatigue. I think they labeled it uh, elbow inflammation. But um, I think J.P. Sears is up with the squad he pitched today. Licky threw the eighth inning of this game. He put three on base with two hits and a walk. But he got it done. And then Weber, who's back on the team, uh, pitched the ninth inning. Sure. <laughs> and the Yankees won. They won the first game of the doubleheader. And they also won the second game of the doubleheader as well, which let's talk about it right here. Um, Nestor Cortez versus Civali. And the Yankees won 6-1. Savali's not the same pitcher this year, man. Wasn't he like an ace-type pitcher last year? I feel like he was lights out. I'm thinking of somebody else. Bottom of the first, Rosario. Solo home run off Cortez. Another game where Cortez surrenders a bomb to start off. one nothing Cleveland. But of course, the Yankees crawl back. Top of the fourth, Rizzo and Stanton. Excuse me. Back-to-back solo home runs. Stanton sitting curve there, gets it and smacks it. It's 2-1 Yankees. Cortez and Savali each go six. Top of the seventh comes. Donaldson rips an RBI double. Um, runner scores on an error. IKF picks up an RBI single. Higgy smokes a sack fly. It's 6-1 to one Yankees, just like that. And that would be the final. They score six runs on seven hits. Three extra base hits, three walks, nine strikeouts, two for four in scoring position, one left on base as a team, two double plays grounded into one pickoff. It was Andohar. Um, a stolen base and a sack fly. Yeah, uh, Rizzo and Stanton, two hits apiece, an RBI for each with a home run. Uh, Donaldson, Gallo, and IKF picked up a hit. Gallo also walked, so... There you go, kid. Snapped the streak of of basically two straight weeks without getting a hit, which is incredible. I'm getting a bunch of, like, relatives and friends sending me, like, these amazing, like, mind-blowing stats on Gallo and strikeouts and, like, Tony Gwynn and shit. I'm like, wow, this guy really sucks. We'll talk about that in a sec. Um... Higgy, sack fly, like I said. Miggy and DJ, each walk. Uh, now we can get to Nestor. And now let's talk about Nestor Cortez, who was our featured starting pitcher of the series. Six innings pitched, one earned run, six strikeouts, no walks, three hits, just two singles and a homer, 89 pitches thrown. 
Nestor looked good, man. Um, got the win. His pitch mix was his pitch mix was way more balanced in this game. You know, he was back to a four seam cutter. Mixed it up a lot more. I, I you know. He maybe you know pitcher there is a there is you know he maybe saw some hitters adjusting to him during that stretch. Now hopefully maybe he's readjusting back. You know, but it was a much needed strong bounce back from him. He struck out Jose Ramirez three times in this game. One of them was a pretty clutch strikeout to escape an inning jam there. Um, but yeah, I mean other than the home run and he's given up a little more home runs lately than I like. It was a strong bounce back. You know, after being very so-so for a bit, right? Minnesota, he had four something innings pitched, four runs allowed. Then he gets the decent five innings, one run against Tampa. Uh, pitches Tampa again, four innings, four runs the next time out. And then five innings, three runs against Houston. So he had some not great, but not the worst in the world outings, which if that's his worst stretch of the season, you'll take it. Uh, but it was good. You know, if you're asking me where are we with Nestor before this start, I was a lot more concerned um, than I am now. Uh, this was, this I needed to see him do what he did, right? You didn't want a decent start. You wanted a very strong, good, productive start, and you got that this time. Um, and the Cleveland Indians lineup is, isn't a... I don't know the numbers, but they're tough outs. They put up good at-bats, and... Obviously, to strike out Jose Ramirez, who's probably the AL MVP right now, uh, if not um, Devers, um, three times, that's tough to do. It's, he's a contact hitter. So it was good. I think, I think I'm – I still want to see what, what – I mean, it's hard to predict what we're going to get from Nestor going forward. Listen, we're not going to get the guy with the 1.5 ERA, okay? But are we going to get a guy who could still hover in the twos? That'd be wonderful. You know, or is he gonna keep progressing and go back to being a four or five, hopefully not worse, right? Like I don't know, but I still think Nestor Cortez can have a very good year if he ends the season with a two something ERA. I don't think I'm that shocked anymore. This was a big outing for me to see, and you know, again to to go against Houston the other day and have a bad outing that's five innings, three runs, fine. So this was a big one. I'm happy he pitched well. It's going to be interesting to see how he looks against um, uh, the Red Sox. Right? I believe he's pitching against Boston in the Fenway Series. It's at the end of the week. Um. So, yeah. I mean, he, he again, he pitched good. And on the season, he's 7-3, and 2-4-4 ERA. 85 innings, 91 strikeouts, 62 hits, 19 walks. That's through 15 starts. So, good job to Nestor Cortez. Um, let me just find my place here. The bullpen, three innings pitched, four hits allowed, uh, one walk, no runs scored. King got the seventh and the eighth. Struck out three. Peralta got the ninth. Got two outs. Struggled, though. He struggles in low-leverage situations. And he really thrives in those high-leverage situations. So, I don't know if Boone has gotten that yet. But, Holmes had to come into this game. 
He comes in, gets the final out. O'Neill and Ruko had an over-under. I think their over-under was set at four um, for, for how many pitches that uh, Holmes would need to get the final out. And I think it ended up being just two pitches for the save. And the Yankees won 6-1. to one. And then we get to the final game of the set, which there really wasn't anything going on in this game. I mean, talk about a dud from the Yankees. Uh, literally nothing happened. The Yankees get one hit. Uh, it was Donaldson who picked up the lone base hit for them. McKenzie was blanking them all game long. Impressive performance from the Indians pitcher. Um, here I go again. Guardians pitcher. Uh, the bullpen... The amount of times I've said Indians, like if my podcast was actually something that generated traffic and had people listening, I'd probably be canceled. Um, the bullpen shut them down, too. The starting pitching was phenomenal. The bullpen shut them down. Yankees had one hit. They had more errors today than hits. Um, <laughs> and it was it was it was not that shocking to see the Yankees put up a disgusting. Zero runs on one hit because the the lineup they had was it was clearly punt day. It was clearly uh, their day to punt. Aaron Boone saw that they had two wins in this series. They've already taken the series. We got an off day on Monday. Why not double down? Let me sit, Aaron Judge. You know who needs a day off. Let me sit, DJ Lemayu, who's been hitting well lately. I know some guys need rest. I know Judge especially does. But you have the day off tomorrow. You don't need to do the double rest. And if you're going to do double rest with Judge, I get that. But keep DJ in the lineup. DJ can play. You didn't need to do two top-of-the-order bats. You're one and two hitters. Benched. I mean, why even show up to play? If you're that obsessed with, with doing the rest thing today, if you're that obsessed with doing the very least you can do, why even play? Why not just forfeit? Um, on the other side, at least the Yankee pitching was good. Monty was okay. Five innings pitched, three runs. I'm sorry, one run. Five innings, one run, three hits, three walks. Uh, the only one, the only run was off a solo home run. It was Fran Mill Reyes. And then from there, it was, uh, I think, Sears and Abreu. Four clean innings. So yeah, that that's all in that game. <laughs> there really isn't much. Um, so we're gonna head to break, get back, and we'll talk about the two featured position players of this series. All right. And if you know you are new here, we do three featured players. Right, we'll do the feature. We'll feature a starting pitcher, which means the best starting pitcher. Of the series for the Yankees. And then we'll feature the two best. Um, position players for the Yankees. Who had the best. Series. Alright. In no particular order. So we'll talk about who our two best hitters were. Or position players were. This series. When we get back from break. Stay with us. Be right back.
forgot about the hot dog contest coming up tomorrow. I, I know I bet on it last year, and he set the record. I think I hit the over and won some money. Might do that again. Uh, I don't know, but I've been taking some hits lately with the betting. Between the Yankees, uh, the UFC card last night was rough to me. Oof. All right, let's get let's let's talk about um hey, let's talk about Matt Carpenter, who is one of our featured position players of this series. Carpenter had a hell of a series, man. It was it was really just the second game of the set where he did all of his uh, his damage. But in two games, 3 for 6, a single, two home runs, four RBIs, no walks, two strikeouts, two runs and nine total bases. Got his numbers in the year up, 286. Got a 12.93 OPS, which 4.12 on base and an 8.81 slugging. That is, but yeah, he's been, <laughs> oh, he's been fun. Um, like I've been saying, I think I've said it a few times now. I am telling you, man, I see it. I envision it. I can envision the details. I see this guy hitting a big postseason home runs for the Yankees. He's going to hit a big postseason homer for them. It's going to be at the stadium. It's going to be a moonshot to right field that just stays away from hook and foul. It's just going to be on the right side of the foul pole. I see it happening. Maybe it's an ALCS game against Houston. I, I that they, My mind still hasn't told me which team yet. But it has shown me a vision of Carpenter hitting a big postseason home run and the Bronx just going fucking bizarre. Just going berserk. Um hopefully. But um yeah, I mean he's he's been good. He's it's frustrating because part of me is like, why isn't he playing over Josh Donaldson? You know? Why? But then I'm like, well, he he's he's 36. He might not be this hot all season. And I do get it. He's the perfect bench piece, right? The perfect pinch hitter. Lefty, tailor-made swing for the stadium. Right? Maybe platoon him versus righties every time. Can you at least do that? Because it's like he's been so good that you kind of have to see what you have here and push it a bit more. Test it. Test it. See how much you can get out of him. Keep playing him. And if it's not the same when he gets more volume, all right. Uh, reduce his role back to just being a pinch hitter. Like, I, I push it for a bit. Let's see. Why not? We got the Pirates for the next two games. But yeah, Matt Carpenter. Our feature position player of the series. A 1293 OPS in 20 games so far this season with the Yankees. Our second guy, our second or our other feature position player of this series, because it's in no order. I'm going to give it to DJ LeMayu. I like the way DJ is swinging the bat. Now, the numbers aren't crazy. Okay, he, he was two for eight. Base hit a home run and RBI, three walks. Uh, and a strikeout, three runs scored, a stolen base in there, five total bases. On the year, you can see here if you're watching, he's got the numbers up to 262 with batting average and a 768 OPS, which is the combination of his 362 on base and his 406 slugging. 
But DJ's been getting on base a ton lately, man. He's been getting on base a ton. And in his last 16 games, not counting today where he pinched hit for an at-bat and flew out to right field. In his last 16 games, 16 hits and 14 walks. So, that's almost getting on base twice a game. That's getting on base about twice a game. For a 16-game span. During that span, he's batting 302 with an incredible 448 on base percentage, a solid 491 slugging, which gives him a 938 OPS. He's hitting the ball in the air more lately. It's not ground balls, ground ball, ground ball. You know, and he's been so nice to watch. It feels good watching him at the plate lately. And I'm just, I hate doing it because I don't want to get my hopes up, but just imagine. Can you just imagine if they can get DJ LeMayu back to at least at least 70% of what he once was two years ago? I'm not asking him to go out there and be like Ty Cobb. But if you can, you know, like I said, hover around 300. Doesn't have to be 300. Hover around there. Start hitting those line drives. Right? That'd be great. That's another top-of-the-order bat to start off a first inning, given the opposing pitcher nightmares. Just, oh, great. I got to face DJ Rizzo, uh, DJ Judge Rizzo Stanton off the bat. Oh, that's great. So hopefully this continues, and hopefully he gets those numbers up and up and up. The OPS is slowly but surely creeping up a bit more, but maybe it's just another one of his decent stretches, and he's going to go back to hitting the, the, you know, just being mediocre at the plate again. I don't know. We'll see. It's 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 now July, so he very well could just be hot, and that's it. But um, yeah, man, it, it was a it was a good series, and we handled the doubleheader well. I I didn't have any issues with the lineups and the doubleheader. I just had a problem with with doing the punt thing today, right? That gave me issues. I didn't like that. But all in all, the Yanks win two in Cleveland. Uh, they went 2-1 and one on this in this series. Scored 19 runs. Allowed just 7. Giving them a plus 12 run differential across these three games played. Next up is Pittsburgh for two games. Um, also, you know, RIP once again to Miguel Andujar. It sucks, dude. It really sucks. Because because if you're just shooting the shit and you're being honest and you're not bullshitting and you're using logic and not emotions or whatever fucking idiot wants Gallo out there still. I don't know. I, I want to know your reason. But but Miguel and Duhar should be here over Gallo in, in, at least until the trade deadline. <laughs> like... Like it's, it's there's not anything else to say. There's nothing else to say about Joey Gallo. I remember it all, man. Last summer I was on vacation. We were down the shore, down the Jersey Shore, and I was uh, walking around the house. We had a shore house, and my phone buzzes. I get a notification. The Yankees trade for Joey Gallo. 
the immediate thought I had, what the hell are we doing? Why are, and I say this, I scream it in the house. I'm like, I yelled at my brothers, my two brothers. I'm like, did you guys see this shit? We just traded for a boomer bust hitter. We traded for Gallo. And right, I'm just spitting like my opinion as to why I don't want him. And I'm saying all this shit. I'm, I am I remember saying, I remember talking about why I didn't want him. And I said, they are going to regret this because all this guy does is strike out, home run, and occasionally walk. Right? Strike out, homer, walk. Strike out, homer, walk. He is the prototypical three-outcome hitter. He's the analytics freak. He's the guy the Yankees don't need. I said, I I remember the exact quote I said to my brother at the time. I said, he is going to add fuel to the fire. Because I've, I've been saying for years, the Yankees need to start going away from that philosophy. Not adding more in. And they added another one in there with Joey Gallo at the time. And I was telling everybody because the Yankees fans were in. They were excited for Gallo. My, my buddies were excited for him. I was reading the MLB comment threads on social media. Yankees fans were thrilled. I remember. But I was like one of the few. And I'm not trying to tout myself. But, but I was one of the few who was telling everybody. I was trying to tell you people. This is not going to be healthy for their lineup. This is not good because all he does is add fuel to the fire. We don't need any more of those. We have enough low batting average guys. We have enough guys who strike out. We have enough guys who hunt for walks and don't get enough base hits in there. We don't need more. But the narrative from the pro-gallo people at the time were lefty, 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 lefty. And I'm like, what good is a lefty if he's not going to hit? And so here we are. Almost two seasons in, Gallo still batting a buck sixty. So even if you don't like Miguel Andujar, if one of your favorite analytics websites tell you he's not good, cool. I do not care. He's still better than Gallo. And at worst, we don't know because we're not playing him. So let's find out. Why wouldn't you want to find out? Why would you not want to find out and continue to be shitty? Where you could find out if he's going to be shitty and there's the option of maybe he's not. So let's play Miguel Andujar. What is the hurt in finding out more in these next four or five weeks until the deadline? What's the hurt? I think the deadline's on the 3rd of August. Or the 5th or something like that. They push it up a week. Don't know why. Um, But yeah... What is the hurt? Gallo has been here longer than Chris Carter was. Chris Carter, he was DFA'd for being as bad as Gallo was. And he was he was actually better than Gallo and was DFA'd um, in a shorter amount of at-bats. <coughs> so I don't know what it is this time with Cashman. Why is he waiting longer? And it's not about trade value or anything like that. It can't be. So get out of here with that. Because Gallo is who he is. The whole league, all the media, the entire MLB fan base knows the kind of hitter that Joey Gallo is. No stretch of games from now until the deadline is going to change any any general manager's opinion on who Joey Gallo is. He could bat 700 from now until the end of July. That's not going to change a damn thing. They know who Joey Gallo is. 
He's infamous for being the way he is. And it's not the shift either. All right. You can't keep using that. You can't use the shift is going to disappear next season to keep buying time and dragging this on and on and on and on. Getting unlucky isn't a 160 batting average. Getting unlucky could be like a 215 average, right? But you're batting a buck 60 two years into your Yankees career now. Going on two years. No, that's not luck. He also, he literally strikes out, and I did the math, you could do it too. He literally strikes out in two-fifths of his plate appearances. <laughs> do you know what the league average is? I want to say it's 23%. It's anywhere from 20 to 25% year to year. 23% is league average for K-rate. Gallo strikes out 40% of the time. What are we doing? What are we doing? If the Yankees weren't winning at an incredible clip, I wonder. I really do wonder if he'd still be here. I wonder if he'd still be here. And if he and if they were losing games or not winning at this clip and he was still here, I don't think Yankee Stadium would be standing right now. I think it'd be burnt down. Because that's how bad he's been. It's just been disguised a little bit because they've been winning. But that shouldn't keep them from making the move and DFAing the guy. That should not. You should want to be as best as you can no matter which situation you're in. Good, bad, great. So I don't get it. I don't get it. Nobody does. Nobody does. Um, IKF not hitting well. Hicks not hitting well. Donaldson not hitting well. I mean, Hicks has been fine lately, but but the IKF thing is starting to get on my nerves again. And when I see a guy like Peraza starting to hit down below, I'm thinking maybe at some point we see Peraza over IKF. But in the meantime here, maybe I wouldn't be opposed to giving Marwin Gonzalez some more starts over IKF. You know, and it's not really about his bat. Because, again, I think his bat is whatever. It's not the worst in the world, not the best. It's bad right now at short at shortstop for IKF. There are more errors every day from him. And you just can't have this, especially if he isn't really hitting the ball that much. And he's not. He's not hitting. He's got no game plan at the plate at the moment. He's just made contact and pray it ends up being a hit. But he's not playing a good shortstop. He's not a good shortstop. He's not even that much better than Torres was. And Torres was really bad. Torres can't play shortstop. We know that. And he played today and he made the error at the end. In the same inning that IKF did. So is this going to become a problem too? Is shortstop going to become a flaw? A big one? Because we got by. We got by with getting by most of the season. But like, we might have to make some changes there now too. If it's you know, currently on the roster with Marwin, so be it. Let's try him more. Um, but oof. Donaldson's, I don't know, but Donaldson, I, I've talked about him enough. You know, I gave my spiel on him a couple episodes ago, last episode. 
Hicks, like I said, he's, I guess in the meantime, he's fine. There was a point in the season where both Hicks and Gallo were so pathetic, you didn't know who was worse, but now it's a little more clear-cut. It's Gallo. Judge has been slumping a little bit lately. Stanton is on his homer-only stretch lately. He's got 20 home runs on the season. He's got 100 home runs as a Yankee. Actually, the Yankees, the Yankees, two, three, and four hitters all have 20-plus home runs. Rizzo is still producing. That one surprises me. Like, he's on pace for 40, or at least close, and he's never hit that many. He's always been 25 to 30. Playing Yankee Stadium. It's going to help you out. So, yeah, man, that, that was that, that's it. The Yankees take two or three. Um, and again, like I, like I said, the pirates are coming up and we're going to have to just hopefully sweep them. I don't know if I said that, but (laughs) let's, let's take on the pirates next. We're in Pittsburgh for this. They just, uh, picked up Manny Bonuelos. So it's a brief... Tuesday, Wednesday, two games set. And then then we go to Fenway for four. I can't wait for that one. But um yeah, let's head to break. Get back, wrap it up with the uh NYYMYK MMA. And we'll also do uh RJ's parlay. Stay with us, be right back. Alright folks, now if you are listening to BD four on Apple Podcasts be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review, if you so please. So once again, this is if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. Thank you. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know I have another blog The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com, titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, $7.99 a month. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while its mildew and water resistant properties ensure years worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, 
and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Bocker blog that you use promo code 6A2. 841-ERJC 682-841-ERJC Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab searching the Bomber Bocker blog and there you have it. Alright, so Welcome back to the show. You are listening to episode 387 of BD4. Let's wrap it up with our final two segments. First one being our NYYNYK MMA question of the day. Let's go to it. All right. So for this episode... Episode 387, our N, uh, excuse me, our NYYNYK MMA question of the day is, Derek Jeter led the 2009 Yankees in plate appearances. Who was second on the team? Derek Jeter led the 2009 Yankees in plate appearances. Who was second on the team? Let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout-out in the next episode. If you attempt to, to guess the answer but you get it incorrect, I'll at least let you know what the answer is. So one last time, Derek Jeter led the 2009 Yankees in plate appearances. Who was second on the team? With that said, let's wrap it up. With we haven't done this in a while, another segment, uh, another another edition of RJ's Parlay. Alright, welcome to RJ's Parlay, where my degenerate self breaks down tonight's parlay. If I miss, it's not surprising. If I hit, I'll probably lose it all tomorrow night, because that's how this works. Welcome to RJ's Parlay. So this was from earlier today. Um, It's over now, as you can see on the screen if you're watching. I had a parlay... A three-pick parlay that read Yankees money line, Twins money line, Astros money line. I hit on the Astros. They won, and they struck out 20 batters today. That team's scary, man. I'm telling you. 
They're the better team between them and the Yankees. They are the best team in, in the American League. I don't care about record, especially when it's this close. You could start looking at the history between the two. I think they're a little better. They have our number every time. They shut down the Yankee lineup every time they play them. They're the better team. I did not hit on the Yankees' money line and the Twins' money line. So one out of three is not good for a parlay. You need 100% of the picks you put up. And plus 268 odds. But it don't matter because we lost. So guys, that's it. That's it, everybody. That's it. Hope you enjoy the show. Episode 387 of BD4. The Yankees take two from the Twins. I'm sorry, the... Uh, Motherfucking um, Indians, Guardians. There we go again. Took two from Cleveland, and uh, I, you know what? I think that when we were doing this earlier, you know how I have the ticker score, the scores, and the stats on the ticker. If you're watching the show, I think I had the wrong title up. Let's see. The original title may have been up. Yeah, the original title. I said the Yanks punt the sweep in Cleveland because <laughs> I was angry. Um, that's not the title of this episode. I changed it. But hey, whatever. Fuck it. All right, guys. That's it. I'll see you the next one. Episode 387 in the books. I'll see you for 388 after the Pirates series. Um, that's it. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.